Welcome everybody to the Nerd Pool Podcast, the podcast where we talk pop culture, pro wrestling, and everything else that's on my mind. So sit back, grab your snack, and listen in as I rant and rave about everything we know and love. What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of the Nerd Pool Podcast. As always, I'm your host, the fat fool that loves Deadpool. Yes, it's me. Yes, it's me. It's the JMIE, your 497th favorite podcast. So as always, your Sherpa down the road of nerdiness. And today's episode, we are not reviewing a movie. We're not reviewing TV. We're talking about a book. Now, most of you know, if anybody knows me or listens, I am actually an avid reader. I enjoy reading a good book, listening to a good book. On audio tape, if you're not into that, I really suggest listening to them. If you don't, you know, if you're not a reader or don't enjoy reading, sometimes listening to a book. Sometimes you just want to get locked away and lost in a book, and sometimes you just don't want to do it yourself. That tends to be um, a lot of people's escape. And recently, I did it myself. I resubscribed to Audible because there was a book I was looking for, and I found another one, and it was Mox, written by John Moxley. It's his story growing up and his story of being in the pro wrestling business, his time in WWE, some time in AEW, written as only John Moxley can. Let's just start off by saying that I am a big pro wrestling fan. As you know, if you've listened to this for any period of time, I talk pro wrestling. I'm a big pro wrestling fan. So it's natural, being a pro wrestling fan and a reader, that you would read the biographies and books written by professional wrestlers or about the professional wrestling industry. I've read a bunch of these books at one point, especially during the late 90s, early 2000s, it seems like these were just popping up constantly, you know, WWE was just throwing them out, especially, everybody had a book, um, you know, everybody was telling their stories, some were fictional, some were not, now, I've read, you know, I've read Kurt Angles, I've read uh, Jerry Lawler's, Jim Ross's, I've read every Mick Foley book there is possible, you know, I've read Shawn Michaels books, I've read Daniel Bryan's, and so on. All of them are great books. All of them give you different perspectives. Some give you different times. Some give you different histories. Just different perspectives on the industry from different people. And different people from different eras. And again, different, just whether it's an in-ring performer or behind the scenes. Now, when John Moxley said he wrote a book and it was going to be released, I was actually excited. I've always been a fan of John Moxley. I've been a fan of him for years. Um, I'll be honest with you. It wasn't until he got in NXT that I learned about him and I went back and I watched his stuff from, you know, CZW and the Independence, and you see how good he is. He's a different type of professional wrestler. He's more of a brawler, but his just his ability to cut a promo is I think what draws you in because I think that's one of the big things with professional wrestling is being able to engage your audience with a promo that brings you in and hooks you. And that's what John Moxley is good at. That's what brings you in before he gets into his style. Now, this book, uh, I saw it on Audible and I gr- purchased it. I did not know he was the one narrating it when I purchased it. And I'm so glad he did. Let me just say that right off the gate. There's something, when you listen to this book, there's something oddly satisfying about his voice. The cadence in which he talks, the way he does, he brings his voice up to a crescendo before dropping it when it needs to be. Again, I don't think anybody else could have told the story of John Moxley in the book Mox like John Moxley. I'm glad that they got him to narrate it or he chose to narrate his own book because there have been books that I've listened to where the narrator just doesn't catch the actual spirit of the the person or they mispronounce names or you know they just they don't get it. You can tell they weren't a fan. 
case in point, and this is no knock, the um, the man who narrated uh, Diamond Dallas Page's last book, listening to it, the guy doesn't have a voice like Page. He doesn't speak like Page. He doesn't have that, that same kind of accent as Page, and it kind of takes you out of it. It's not a bad book. It's just the way that he does it doesn't necessarily lend the best credence and the best perspective of the book. Moxley doing his own book, telling it in his own words, it's his story. He wanted to be able to do that, but his voice is really well at reading. I honestly feel like John Moxley could have a career doing this type of work if he wanted to as reading books because when you listen to it, his voice would lend very well to a detective series or a noir series. Like I could hear him talk, reading a book about a, a chiseled, you know, detective who's down on his luck and smoking cigarettes and trying to chase a killer, you know, in a certain amount of time. Like he has that, just he brings that energy and his, his voice would just lend to that. His voice is, like I said, it's satisfying to listen to and it was very calming. It's even the parts where he's he's getting amped and animated and you can tell that he's feeling that passion again. It's it's just it brings you into it and you feel like you're into that part and I think that's what a good story is and a good storyteller is being able to take you in and have you feel like you were there or have you feel like you know exactly the emotion and feeling that he has going on. This book jumps from his life in growing up in the uh, for lack of a better term, growing up in what sounded like a project or a ghetto in Cincinnati, Ohio, all the way up through his, you know, matches in the Indies, in the WWE, and then even in the AEW. However, he doesn't do it in the normal, you know, I was this age, this age, this age, did this, did this, graduated. He doesn't do that. He kind of jumps back and forth between stories and between people and you know between times he'll go from talking about a story of when he was a child to talking about a story of when him and the shield were together going back to a time when he was in high school then jumping to AEW and some people take books like that and they'll listen to it and they're they kind of get they get what's the word I'm looking for here they get um, discombobulated I guess like because they're like oh well it's jumping back and forth there's too much going on it's perfect it's how it, it's you can tell that he wrote this you can tell that it's from his brain and the stories from his childhood of you know his father and his mother and the blue collar upbringing he had is it gives you a more deep look into John Moxley and who he is and why he is the way he is and why his character is the way it is and it actually gives you more of a respect for him and makes you realize why he's genuinely a humble dude he doesn't seem like he's hoity-toity he doesn't seem you know he hasn't I mean he's not living in the slums anymore but you can tell that he's you know he's he doesn't need to have a, a 10 million dollar mansion up in the hills he's happy living in las vegas with his wife with his daughter now and that all comes across the stories of him getting into the professional wrestling business why he did and going through training i think to me for some reason they were the best portrayal of what going through training is there it's not long like he doesn't talk about it for chapters or you know get deep deep into it but some of the terms he uses some of the way he explains it some of the stories that he tells from his series of um, training sessions and what he went through it seems like he explains it to you in a way that's not condescending and he explains it to you in a way that you can understand to where you're like okay I get what he's going for and I get that feeling. He uses terms and kind of explains the terms 
and it, to me, it's the, it might be the best way of telling people what professional training, professional wrestling training, really truly is. He he's not giving away secrets, but he's telling you enough of the secrets to let you in and let you feel like you're a part of it. A lot of the other people they tell you about their training and they kind of gloss over certain things. He goes in depth without going in depth. That I know that is a you know it doesn't make sense, but it does when you listen to how he does. He talks about his time on the indies, you know, making no money, uh, living living in a van and, you know, sleeping in his car and, you know, having four or five people with him as they rent a hotel. He talks about his CZW days, what got him into deathmatch wrestling, and his, he talks about his love of deathmatch wrestling and how it kind of is, I guess, a, a release for him. It kind of gives him, you know, a, a euphoria in certain senses. And it's it's strange hearing someone talk about deathmatch wrestling the way he does, and wonder how people put their bodies through it. He has a deep respect for it. deathmatch wrestling. Is not my cup of tea. Uh, if you've seen deathmatch wrestling or you don't know what deathmatch wrestling is, deathmatch wrestling is hardcore wrestling, but it is turned up to the nines. There's light tubes, there's barbed wires, cheese graters, there's forks, there's skewers. There's panes of glass, like it's legitimately people hurting themselves and hurting their, um, you know, opponent. It's it's blood. It's lots and lots of blood. It's true, gruesome injuries, and people do this all the time. And it, it's not what normal wrestling is, where you go in there to protect your opponent and you. You're protecting them while at the same time mutilating them. And there's no other way to to really say that besides saying mutilate. And he kind of tells his story from his tournament of death in czw some of the stories he goes about you know winning a match with a with outside interference and a roll-up which is something you don't do in deathmatch wrestling you don't see in deathmatch wrestling and how it generates heat he tells the story of that same uh year when nick gage almost dies or excuse me he dies doing a death match and he's legally dead for seven minutes as they fly him to a hospital because he cut a vein of artery open and bled out um and you know going out and getting the respect of fans because he goes out and basically saves the show at the I mean for lack of a better term it's it's truly a, a haunting tale of him from that moment saying you know like not knowing what to do and then just saying go do it and him putting his body after it's already been put on the line and beaten bruised and cut up and he's bled go out and do it again just to try to send the fans home happy which seems to be his mo of wanting people to get their money worth he has that that mick foley type of uh aspiration of i want you to leave knowing that you saw something and being excited about what you saw now he also talks about his first stint at wwe when he was supposed to have a feud with mick foley and the whole build up to that and what they were going to do and then that falling apart he talks about his time with the shield and getting the shield together and he talks glowingly about seth and roman and their true friendship that they had and how they changed you know the business and they set the world on wrestling on fire which they did when the shield debuted they set the pro wrestling world on fire 100 percent we hadn't seen anything like that in a while these were three you know unknowns from the developmental brand that got thrust into a main event scene and they took the ball and ran with it and all three of them have become staples and huge stars in the industry john moxley now in aew seth and roman still in the wwe they're all three still top guys, three still world champions that, you know, go and are always 
in top programs with the best of the best because of that run. He talks about his time in AEW. He talks about his time going through the pandemic in AEW, being the champion during the pandemic. He talks about meeting his wife in a in a WWE. Um, how he kind of how they you know kind of got together and the wooing that goes with it. And the parts that I think really goes in deep with him is when he's talking about there's two people, two of his friends that have passed away, um, Brody Lee and Danny Havoc, uh, and he has chapters dedicated to them when he tells the story of them. The way he talks about Brody Lee and the way he talks about Danny Havoc, you can tell at times it, it hurt him to have to write, write those chapters of the book. It hurt him to lose friends like that. And the way he did is two completely different stories. One of a illness that just came on out of nowhere and took the life of you know one of the best up and coming that was just getting his run in Brody Lee and someone who was a friend of his on the Indies that was never really got his shot at a mainstream in Danny Havoc. There's two completely of a you know a sickness and one of a unfortunate unaliving of himself, um, and it's. Truly, like you could, you could tell the heart he puts into it. You can tell the emotion hits him, and how it's it was hard for him to write those chapters. But they're glowing reviews, and it's stories of his friends. And the best way he can he can give them a memorial is writing these chapters and telling people how great they were and how much they meant to him. Uh, the book is fantastic. If you are a fan of pro wrestling, this book would be one of your top favorites it like i said it might be my new favorite book in the pro wrestling genre just because of his, his stories are so relatable and they're they're just they're real you can tell that they're written by him they're written in his words and it's not condescending in any way and it's down to earth it, it's it's what john moxley is but if you're like i said if you're a fan of pro wrestling you'll love the book if you're a fan of books in general i really think you'll enjoy the book and if you're a fan of audiobooks i really recommend getting the audiobook on audible to hear him narrate the book because it's it, it his voice just adds so much to it and it's just a great um it, it's a great production and a great performance of his words in his own words from his mouth uh, again the book mocks Mox is just M O X. That's the name of the book. If you're if you're a reading fan, if you want to, if you like an autobiography, it's it's entertaining, it's involved, and it has stories of drug use, stories of sex, stories of barbed wire and glass, and it's unapologetic. Like he doesn't tell you to do things like this, but he's not apologizing for anything he's done because it's made him who he is, and I think that's what makes the book great. I think that's what it does. You know, most of them you can get kind of cookie cutter on a pro wrestling book, or some of them get um, censored, or stuff gets amplified or made up. You can tell in this book it's genuine. He's not doing things. He's not taking a match and building it. You know, or saying putting stuff in there that didn't happen, or you know, exaggerating things to try and make it more interesting. It's just interesting. He picks the interesting parts of his life, and for matches or the movies he likes or the uh, music he listens to which he peppers throughout the book and he, he just you can tell that all of this is genuine all of this is real and all of this is straight from his mouth all of this is straight from his brain and how he feels and 
that's why I think this book just works so well for what it is. And again, I think if you're a fan of books in general, you would really enjoy this book. So I highly recommend you get Mox, written by Jonathan Moxley. Check it out. Um, check out the book if you like to read. Check out the audio book if you like to just listen to it. You know, sit and drive, go to work or whatever and listen. Just sit and relax. Either way, you're going to enjoy it. I guarantee it. Um, so that's my review of Mox. Now, before I end this episode, I know it's been fairly short but for the review, but I wanted to uh, get into something. Um... Uh, I've been getting messages and stuff, you know, that I'm not putting out as much content. I'm kind of going, you know, there's sometimes weeks, sometimes months in between episodes. And I wanted to address it. There for a while, it was, I was having issues with actual equipment. Um, but it's not work. It's not just work and schedules and stuff like that going on. There's been a lot going on mentally I've been just burnt and there's been depression that has hit um, I don't talk about it a lot you know I, I kind of keep things to myself but um, you know when you lose the interest in doing things you love because I truly do love doing this podcast you know um, I'm not getting rich off of it in any way shape or form I'm not getting famous off of it that's not what any of this is about I just love podcasting, and I love talking about stuff I enjoy talking about. I've, I've always have, and this has just been an outlet. And you know, there's and to know that there's, I've had hundreds and th- I've had thousands of people listen to my podcast, and I've had you know hundreds of hours put out at this point. And you know, people tell me, you know, oh, it's great. I enjoyed this episode. I agree with you on that. Like, it's 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 really an enjoyment to me, and. To say that you know you get to the state to where things have gone, and your you your mental health decline where you, you can't even find enjoyment in it is a very rough place to be. Um, you know I don't I'm not getting into other things because again the, the the problems and stress just came from multiple times multiple things it was just a lot of stuff hitting you at once. But you know depression is not something a lot of people want to talk about um, especially when it comes to being a guy or a figure putting it out like this you can get you know backlash from it you get a lot of suck it up and move on and that's you know how I've always dealt with it just pick it up suck it up and move on but there's you know there's days when you don't want to get out of bed that you force yourself out of bed you force yourself to eat or you overeat you know um like I said, stuff you find enjoyment in is just not there anymore. You don't have motivation to do anything. And I've been trying my best to fix that myself. Um, I've been doing different stuff trying to fix that. I haven't, you know, I I don't, I'm not doing anything. I'm not drinking or or doing drugs or anything like that because I know a lot of that can lead depression can lead to those vices to try and fix things they try to take you know take that pain away and I don't ever want to have to rely on any kind of substance like that to try to take any kind of issues I might be having away um, but it's honestly just my, my mental state and I just finding motivation to do it has been really rough uh, I, I'm not looking for any sympathy I'm not looking for anything I'm just I'm being real with everybody I didn't want 
people to think that you know I was just giving up on this because I, I really again truly do enjoy this podcast. I love doing this podcast. I just you know depression can look different to a lot of people, but when it hits you or you know you're mentally burnt, it's a rough place to be in, and it's not an easy thing to come out of an easy thing to deal with especially if you're dealing with it alone um i just want everybody to know that if you're going through that if you feel any kind of depression if you feel like it you're not alone there's so many people out there that have these same feelings that you have have these same problems you have and you know i know everybody says that you know well this this person got it worse or these people got it worse that that doesn't matter uh, you know, when your problems hit or when you feel like the world is crushing down on you, telling people that, well, you know, other people have it worse isn't helping. It, it's just not, guys. You know, so if, if you're one of those people that do that, just kind of stop that because it really isn't going to help anybody at that point. Um, but I'm I'm getting better. I'm going to try my, my damnedest to get back on a schedule of doing a weekly podcast. If, if I don't, please just bear with me for a bit while I fix things and, and readjust my mindset, um, getting out of this, this funk that I've been in and this, you know, this place that, that my mind has gone to, um, from beating myself down and just thinking that I'm not doing anything right and that why do it, you know, it's, it's not going anywhere. Um, again, it can be a, a rough part to live in. It can be a rough place to have your brain go to. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm just telling you all this because I know there's people out there that feel that. And I wanted people to know I, I'm not forgetting about this. It's just, you know, finding the motivation and finding that spark to do it has been rough. It really has been. But thank you to everybody who still listens who still you know listens to the backlog and every new episode i put up everybody that get goes out and tries um to listen and you know if you download it if you comment on it like it whatever thank you all cuz it's truly truly it, it warms my heart and it makes it makes everything i do feel better when i know that there's people out there that are enjoying me and enjoying me babble about stupid stuff like you know I don't mean stupid stuff but when I babble about pro wrestling or I babble about a movie or a video game or a TV show or anything like that there's people out there that, that enjoy that and if this helps you in any way gives you any kind of entertainment or gives you a smile a spark you know that that means the world to me and that means everything so thank you all again for listening thank you for liking thank you for sharing anytime or subscribing anywhere um i'm on twitter still i don't do much on twitter i know i'm trying to get back at all that but i'm on twitter at nerdpool pod follow me on instagram at nerdpool podcast i am on tiktok now at nerdpool podcast you can catch these sunday pun days on uh, instagram or tiktok anytime i've done i think five or six at this point um if you haven't checked those out please do i i think they're funny and most people have been enjoying them um i'm going to start trying to post more and again trying to just get back on a schedule of putting out content for you guys and you girls because y'all are amazing and the outpouring of love i get is it's it's incredible you know for just somebody who sits with a computer and a microphone and hasn't you know done nothing I didn't, I had no presence doing anything, 
but again, I'm, I've been trying to pull myself out of the funk I've been in, and I just wanted everybody to know that it's it. My mental state just wasn't doing the best for me, but it's getting better. And thank you all. I love you all. You're amazing. Um, so until next time, that's Nerdpool. See ya.